0: Nicki Minaj and Cardi B share a great love for a mutual hatred of one Tommy Lauren. Also, R. Kelly has been banned from an entire city. Yes, the city of Philadelphia said, no way, Mr. Gar or Mr. Kelly, which you want to put that. And the El Paso Zoo has a great thing for you just in time for Valentine's Day. They will name a cockroach after your ex and then feed it to meerkats. How about that? That sounds like a pretty big deal, and so were the other stories there, but not quite big enough deals to make it into the top 10 as per you. You did not say they were the tops of the tops this week. So what stories are exactly on the hit list for this weekend? We'll let you know in just a moment here on The Wrap-Up Show from me, Jay Cliff and Payne, and this is from this is com. This is for the week that's ending February the 9th, 2019. And welcome to the show. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, your host for The Wrap-Up Show, brought to you by This Is A Conversation, the website with a mission to get the best conversations out of people around the world, literally around the world, on one of the top stories per se them, which would be you listening to this podcast. Every week we go through seven and a half days from Friday to Friday and give you a listing of links that we posted on our social media, on Facebook and Twitter. So if you want to be in on the action and vote, if you will, Follow us on social media at TH underscore conversation for Twitter. And this is a conversation for Facebook. And of course, make sure that we are set to be in your feed as a primary feeder, if that's even a word, so that you can see what's going through. And if you see a link from us, like it, love it, hate it, share it, we promise you that we're looking for the best and reputable news. Sometimes some gets away from us. Sometimes the sites get a little wiggy because they're trying to make some money as well. But we do our best to give you links to the best things we can out there and sometimes the most weird and diverse that's not just whatever is stuck in the chirons, especially here in the United States. A lot of our worldwide listeners may think that it's all about Donald Trump here, and it's mostly about Donald Trump, but there are other things going on as well, including things out there where you are. So we do our best to do an international view as we can and interesting views whenever we have a shot at that. Coming up in segment number two, we will go over what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week. This one, not such a late ad as they tend to be. This one was posted on Thursday sometime in the day part, and this did not get enough action to get into anywhere, to be honest. Uh, Number 205. So we had 205 distinct different postings throughout the week on our social media. And of course, we will talk about whatever housekeeping that comes up, things that explain why we did certain things in certain ways. This week, not a lot of complicated things, so we won't have a lot of housekeeping to talk to. For the third segment, we will round out the top 15 that are the stories such as were in the T's, 11 through 15, where they were, maybe why they were there. And of course, we will do Shout out to the people who uh, give us extra love in the social media there. As we said already, follow us on social media. On Instagram, we're there as well, at This Is A Conversation. Facebook, of course, This Is A Conversation. And on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. All things come through the main website at ThisIsAConversation.com. And without further ado, because we've had so much to do so far, let's get into the top 10 for this week. We begin this week's headlines with a story that we posted last Friday, Friday the first of February, that I wasn't sure it was gonna last. It was pretty hot to start off with, but it was a you know, you never really know what these things as things go across the week, and it made it in, barely into the top ten, but it is there. Self described most hated hoe in LA, sentenced to fifteen years in federal prison. From KTLA, as I said, Friday, February the 1st is when we posted this one. Let's get you a few lines from the story from the website from Channel 5 in L.A. A South Los Angeles woman who called herself, quote, the most hated hoe in L.A., unquote, and admitted to coercing young women, including minors, into sex trafficking through violence and intimidation, received a sentence of 15 years in federal prison Thursday, authorities said. Melanie Danae Williams received the mandatory minimum sentence after pleading guilty in November to a single count of sex trafficking by force, fraud, or coercion according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. She will also be required to pay restitution to her victims. As part of her plea deal, Williams admitted to recruiting victims, including minors, into commercial sex trafficking, U.S. Department of Justice spokesman Sierra McEnvoy said in a written statement. She also admitted to abuse of her victims that included beatings, threats, and forcing one victim to get a tattoo Williams of two Williams' name on her face. Through her social media, in which she used the moniker Pretty Ho, and described herself as the most hated hoe in L.A. We've said that part already. Williams posted videos that showed her beating young women and threatening them with guns, officials said. There you go. So, number one, sex trafficking is bad. We know that. Number two, doing bad things and putting it out on social media is not very smart. We we know that apparently she didn't know that most people some people don't quite know that uh number three this as i said was a story that came off the came off the press pretty hot on that friday but it does take seven and a half days to get you a full thing so this is one that is a kind of important one to know about i'm glad it made the list because of it brings to light the whole sex trafficking thing it's a pretty big deal with that Uh, we had a little bit of talk of that last week with the super bowl that's long gone, so we're not going to fool with that, but this is, of course, a podcast and a whole movement about you and what you think are stories, and sometimes just saucy headlines that pull your attention. This one obviously pulled enough attention to make it through the full week. The next headline comes from an opinion piece, so it's not straight news, but it is a pretty good one that got your attention, especially since a few days ago, or a week at this point, it was Super Bowl weekend. The headline for the nine spot is... Is it time for the NFL to do the right thing and move Super Bowl to Saturday night? Totally butchered the headline, but we posted that on Sunday, February the 3rd. This was a story with a bump of response that was very slight, only 0.41%. From the ten story, and the opinion piece came from USA Today. I'm not going to go deep into it, uh, but it was written by Andy Nesbitt for The Win, and for The Win is the one of the sports blogish things that are attached to Gannett and USA Today, which asked a question because of the times that we are in right now. Maybe it's time to shift the Super Bowl. It is played a little early, so you don't want to stay up so late anymore. But because of all the hype, all the craziness, all the whatever that you want to put along to it, maybe it's time to have the actual game on a Saturday. Maybe we've outgrown the magic of it being on Sunday because we have so much college football and so much football and, course, football on Monday and Thursday. Maybe it's time to make the shift and even make a little extra money by taking care of it on Saturday, and that way Sunday is a better chance, better day for people moving out of the city and tearing things down as opposed to waiting for Monday morning. There's an opinion. If you have an opinion on that, you can let us know by either replying to anything we have posted online or going to directly to us at the website thisistheconversation.com or email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. Demi Lovato deals with Twitter hate already, but some serious hate for the weekend, which is odd because we were doing the same hating as well. The headline for the number eight story this week is Demi Lovato deletes Twitter account after 21 Savage backlash. This one we also pulled from USA Today. Monday, February the 9th is when we—February the 4th, I should say, when we pulled this one. Bump in response of uh, from the nine story, 3.70. I'm going to read you some lines just straight from the the article and just go from there because that's the best way to describe— sort of what happened, which was really wacky. Demi Lovato shut down her Twitter account Sunday after users piled on criticism of her laughing at memes about 21 Savage. The rapper was taken into custody by Immigration and Customs Enforcement agent Sunday and reportedly faces deportation when the news came out that they may actually be British. Memes shortly followed. In the now-defunct tweet, Lovato said, So far, 21 Savage memes have been my favorite part of the Super Bowl. Lovato later followed up with, FYI, this is the blank I'm laughing at, not the fact that anyone's getting deported. And, of course, she posted some of the memes on 21 Savage, of course, because she was getting a whole bunch of backlash from various people who course, talking about, you know, someone's freedom taking away, which is actually a serious thing. Um, she uh, basically deleted her Twitter her Twitter her Twitter. Now, here's the really kind of funny thing about that. This was something that many people were bawling over, uh, including people of the black Twitter ilk on 21 on twenty one Savage, of course, um, with his background of growing up in the streets and doing all the street things in Atlanta, actually moving to Atlanta at age 12 and being British, which doesn't seem to fit, including some of the recordings that they had, people overdubbing his, a British speaker's voice in his videos. This is something that is funny. Yes, the pain in it is that a man got deported, but the serious issue of the deportation and the ICE thing and, you know, grabbing people, uh, different colored brown people from different places aside, this is a serious issue on overstaying a visa and, of course, lying about yourself. If you hadn't figured out that most of the personalities of the rappers or any star that you know is manufactured, here you go. Maybe he grew up since age 12 in the streets of Atlanta, but the boy British. That's apparently what the ice say. There's an awful lot of reading necessary for the next story, so I'm just going to get you the headline and get into that one quickly. It's, uh, it's a little funny. I'll have a little ha-ha on the back end, at least from my perspective. The headline is, Crypto Exchange says it can't repay $190 million to clients after founder dies with only password. We get this story from Gizmodo on Saturday the or Sunday, the 3rd is when we posted it online. It gets a bump response from the 8th story of only 0.40%. But let me just go ahead and start reading from Gizmodo because it's basically – the story is – see, as simple as the headline goes, but the details is what makes the whole thing a thing. Here we go. Canadian crypto exchange Quadra CX said it cannot repay most of the $190 million in client holdings after its 30-year-old founder, Gerald Coulter, the only person who knew the password to its cold storage – Unexpectedly died in India in December 2018, Coindesk reported on Friday. In a sworn affidavit with the Nova Scotia Supreme Court widow, Jennifer Robertson said that Quadriga CX owes its customers some $190 million in both cryptocurrency and fiat money. Quadriga CX has filed for creditor protection because it says it cannot access the funds stored in cold storage just as comparatively smaller amount of a, quote, hot wallet used for transfers. The article goes to a clip from Coindex or a, a quote from Coindesk uh, that goes into detail how much in what various coinage that is actually in the cold storage and the hot wallet. Now, hot wallet is is basically what they use to do the exchange. You can buy stuff with your hot wallet and your cold storage, is as it says, stuff that's held in back so it can't be It can't be lost, can't be uh, traded back and forth, so there's no losses in there. Now, a quick bit from the point uh, after all the money is talked about, because it gets really excruciating, but it does total up to about $147 million in that that wallet. Um, It's not clear what portion of the exchange crypto's holdings were kept in cold storage versus its hot wallet. In the affidavit, Robinson explained that, quote, only a minimal amount of coins, unquote, were stored in a hot wallet, but specifics were not provided. A few more qu- qu- or paragraphs from the article from Gizmodo, and this is basically where this plot thickens. Robertson said that the Coton held, quote, sole responsibility for handling the funds and coins, unquote, quote, and no other members of the team could access the stor- storage funds. Quadriac CX announced Coton's death in mid January, saying he had died, quote, due to complications of Crohn's disease on December 9, 2018, while traveling in India where he was opening an orphanage to provide home and safe refuge to children in need. This is the last paragraph from reading from here. While Robertson has Cotin's laptop in a possession, Coindesk wrote, She says she does not know the password, and the technical expert recruited by the firm has been unable to bypass this encryption. She also says Cotin left behind no business records. What it sounds like is a fairly paranoid dude who was running the cryptocurrency game as best as possible, died unexpectedly. That's all that's all good and well. Uh, But, you know, one of those things where he obviously didn't expect not to die, didn't expect not to be there and thought he could ride this thing for forever, forever, apparently run out back in January or December, I should say. And now a lot of people are really stuck. Here is your real warning. cryptocurrency. Is a fad was a fad maybe fad again, but it's one of those things that bubbled up because it was all big and now people are seeing the actual the the fallout from that every time this comes up, I get a chance to remind folks of the tulips from Denmark from back uh, two hundred years ago and that fact that yes, there was a market for tulips and when it crashed, people went nuts. so be aware of things that are hot commodities because. This is a prime example of something that could have been a thing, maybe still will be a thing, but won't be the, eh, the thing that we all thought it was. We have two Trump stories in the top 10, and then fairly high in the top 10 this week. One's pretty serious, one not so. First off, the serious one. Headline for that story is, Trump administration withdraws from nuclear weapons treaty, accuses Russia of violations. Friday, February the 1st is when this was posted, with a bump in response of 12.25% from the seven story. A few lines from the story that we pulled. Our source in this one, yet again, it is USA Today. The Trump administration will halt U.S. compliance and, with a nuclear arms control treaty with Russia. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said Friday, citing Moscow's brazen violations of a pact that has been the cornerstone of nonproliferation since the Cold War. Here's a quote from Pompeo. A few lines it will have. For almost six years, the United States have gone to tremendous lengths to preserve this agreement. Russia has jeopardized the United States' security interests, and we can no longer be restrained by a treaty while Russia shamelessly violates it. Now, here's the deal. This thing was signed back in the Reagan-area days, uh, and it was a way to uh, keep down the building of non- or or mid-range and medium range nuclear weapons. INF, there you go. Uh, The problems that we have with this is, number one, Russia is violating this treaty by building some new missiles that they say don't quite fall in the range of this, but pretty much are exactly what this is. They're mid-range weapons that can fire big enough, you can cross over to Europe, uh, but they're saying, like, the payload is different or something like that. It's just like, you know, yeah, it's, 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 there's mild, there's spicy, and there's, you know, we just, somewhere in between. No, this is pretty much what it is. The biggest problem with the treaty and with the issue here, why Russia is not so bad about it, and why the the states aren't really all that worried about it either, is China. Back in the day, China wasn't building nuclear weapons. Now they are, and now there's a treaty that restricts between the states and the Russians from what they can do because they signed this thing 30-odd years ago. And the Chinese didn't. So the Chinese can build whatever they want to based on this treaty. They're not bound by anything other than just whatever is out there, essentially the the worldwide treaties. But this is one that was written between Russia and the United States. China can do what they want to. So China's building anything they want. Russia's like we're not down with that. So they're building something similar to kind of skirt the rules. Now, in about 30 days, the treaty will be or maybe six months, the treaty will be dead and Russia and the United States and China can build whatever they want to. Will we start building nuclear weapons like day one? Who knows? Trump wants a beautiful arsenal of nukes. So we'll see what happens. He thinks trade wars are great. So maybe he thinks that these things are well, you know, arms races are great as well. He also wants to parade the military down Washington um, 1600 Avenue, which everyone believes is a bad idea but telling Trump that bad ideas are bad ideas doesn't work so well. Sticking with USA Today and with Donald Trump, by the way. Uh, we're going to our next story for the day. And that story is weirdly enough how it got higher than the other one. President Donald Trump plays golf with Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas in Florida. This one posted on Saturday the second, and it's a bump of response of fifteen point one four percent from the sixth story. If I didn't say it before, I'm not sure. The sixth story got a bump response of twelve point five two percent from the seven. Let's get into a few lines from the USA Today article on this write-up. People were really interested in this one. Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus have played many rounds of golf together. On Saturday, they were joined by number 45, or President Donald Trump. The three played together Saturday at Trump National, Jupiter in Florida, according to the White House Press Pool. Trump himself tweeted out a photo confirming the pairing. Woods also played with President Obama while he was in office, and President Bill Clinton and George W. George H.W. Bush. He said he's known Trump for years, and the two played together before the president took office. Tiger and the president were joined by Dustin Johnson for a round in Jupiter in November 2017. At the time, Johnson was ranked number one in the world. So... A few days later, Trump uh, tweeted out or had it somewhere where we talked about Tigers game and saying that Tiger's great, he's back, all those things that Trump says to make people feel happy. But that story Trumped, pun intended, the story on Trump pulling out of the or the states pulling out specifically of the nuclear arms treaty with Russia. What that means for you guys, I don't really know. But hey, this is all about you. If you want to pump up more stories like this or pump up other stories and top of stories like this, it's very simple. Just go to um, your Facebook and your Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore Conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This Is the Conversation. And, of course, respond to the articles in kind. Many of you saw the honor in this next story and got a lot of response from this one. It is in the spot for number four this week. The headline is Navy to honor its first female aviator with historic all-female flyover during funeral. Friday, February the 1st is the date it was posted with a bump and response from the five-story story a 5.81%, a few lines from the ABC News story where we pulled the R copy. The Navy conducted its first-ever all-female flyover on Saturday to honor the life and legacy of retired Navy Captain Rosemary Brian Mariner, the service's first female jet pilot. Rosemary passed away at the age of 65 on January 24th following a five-year battle with ovarian var- cancer. The Navy's tribute referred to as the, quote, missing man formation, took place during the funeral service in Mannardville, Tennessee. The flyover, which included female aviators from squadrons based at Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia, featured four F-A-18s EFs, Super Hornets, flying in formations. The largest ever formation, 21 aircraft, was used in December for the funeral of President George H.W. Bush as a naval aviator. So the article, so check out the the website, go to this week's link for the podcast at thisisaconversation.com so you can see the full article as it goes through all of Rosemary Mariner's great accomplishments. Uh, just one of the uh, amazing things about myself being in the military and just knowing people that like this and seeing this right here. And the missing man formation, of course, it's a formation uh, with the one plane missing as if the person is not there to fly it fly, in the flyover. Uh, that's something that's uh, a great honor for any military member. Uh, of course, George H.W. Bush got his back at his funeral. And this is one that was definitely well-deserved by Rosemary Mariner. A number 3 story is a very serious story and I, I, even the um, the headline and the details don't really don't really do it justice. Uh, it is the top story from Facebook for this week this week. It is a bumper response from the four story of 3.18% and it was posted on Saturday February 2nd and a lot of people gave a lot of responses to this including a lot of sad crying faces on the Facebook where it was the largest responder. Here's the headline, and then we'll go deeper into the story we got from um, CBS News Local, uh, the New York uh, uh, station website. Basketball coach shoots father who complained about son's playing time. A Brooklyn basketball coach is under arrest after allegedly shooting a parent who had gone to his home to talk playing time on the court for the man's son. NYPD says on December 22nd, just before 10 p.m., the 47-year-old victim went to the house on Jefferson Avenue in Bedford, Stuyvesant. Police say that at some point there was an altercation and the man was shot in the neck. Todd Miles, 42, was charged with attempted murder, assault, and criminal use of a firearm. Initially, it's already said Miles told them a third person shot at both him and the victim. When the father recovered, he told investigators it was Miles who shot him. Police say Miles is a basketball coach at Robeson Business Tech. The Department of Education released a statement Friday afternoon about the charges. These are incredibly shocking allegations, it said. It immediately we immediately reassigned Mr. Miles away from students, and we will work to remove him from payroll as soon as legally possible. We are providing support to the school, and we're working with the NYPD throughout the investigation. If you may remember, this is the story—a follow-up, if you will—to the story we had a few weeks ago about, uh, obviously, about December twenty-second, about two men arguing over basketball, a coach and a. And a guy's kid and a kid's dad arguing over playing time when a third person ran in the house, shot him and ran away. Well, unfortunately or fortunately, the truth comes out eventually in some shape or form. And this time the truth came out that showed, no, there was not a third random guy walking into somebody's house shooting at folks. It was a not so random coach getting upset with an already upset, not so random parent and the altercation going sky high. We'll see whether, well, I guess we'll see whether, I hate to say he asked for it, how the altercation came to be, and how the man went to pull a gun on him. But this is a, this is a very sad case of a serious story that doesn't even do justice to words. Don't even do it, the whole thing justice. To many of our listeners and uh, responders on Facebook and Twitter, this one was personal. Uh, the headline for this story goes a little something like this. Widespread online banking mobile app outage hits Wells Fargo customers Thursday, February the 7th, the day we posted it, bump a response of 18.49%. Now, let's read a few lines from USA Today, which is also reminding us, literally as I'm recording this, that, oh yes, there was a big outage, and now people are having issues with their paychecks not showing up. But first, back to Thursday. Wells Fargo is working a fix to a widespread outage, preventing some customers from using the mobile app and assessing their online banking accounts. When attempting to log in online, some customers are met with a screen that says, We're experiencing some technical difficulties. We apologize for the inconvenience, and some of our web pages are temporarily unavailable. Wells Fargo addressed the outage on social media, as one learns to do these days. The quote from that is, we apologize to our customers who may be experiencing an issue on an online banking and mobile app. Thanks for your patience. We will re- research the issue. If you are impacted, please check back with our updates from the Twitter it was. Thanks out. A follow-up tweet about an hour later with another apology. This one reading, we're experiencing a system issue that is causing intermittent outages, and we're working to restore services as soon as possible. Blah, 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 blah. CNBC reported that the incident happened at a data center in Shoreville, Minnesota. Uh, It announced around 5 a.m. Central Time on that day. It was also under control starting around 9 a.m., but Twitter users complained for quite some time. As I said, headlines popping up literally in my face as I'm recording this reading from uh, the actual um, article that Wells Fargo is saying that, reminding folks that there was a major outage and some people aren't getting their paychecks. On this Friday from the outage that was posted on the Thursday previous. So we shall see what shall happen as this thing goes on. This one may be affecting you. This is very serious. If it is affecting you, you want to respond to us and let us know how, so we can, you know, chat about it a little further. Let us know by sending us an email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. And now we've reached the pinnacle of the week. This is the top story. For the past seven and a half days or so, going back to the first all the way to this morning, the 8th of February, 2019, of all 205 stories listed in this week's countdown, well, we only listed 10, but the two and five stories that were potential this one is the tops. It was posted on Saturday, February the 2nd. Uh, it was a top Twitter one as well. It gets a bump response from the two story of 21.51%. A bump from the number 10 story, which was of course the most hated hoe in LA of 100.4%. Oh yeah. And from story 205, this week's almost relevant story of the week, this one gets a bump of response of 3,853%. Not as high as some, but pretty high on its own. That means we're growing in the responses overall of everything. But it's still pretty big, still pretty massive, and it actually is fairly serious. This is the actual headline. Jewel Labs hires former Apple employee to lead the fight against counterfeits. So let's read a little bit from TechCrunch where we pulled our copy. Jewel Labs, the e company under fire for its products property with young people, has brought a new VP of intellectual Property Protection with Adrian Punderson, formerly of PWC and Apple. Punderson's job is all about working alongside government agencies as well as Jewel Labs Intellectual Property VP Wayne Soban to combat the sale of counterfeit and infringing products. These can range from copycat vapes and pods that are actually marketed as Jewel products all the way to products that are designed specifically to be Jewel compatible without using a trademark. These counterfeits and infringing products pose a serious threat to our company. Of course, no business wants its products infringed or its market share stolen. With Juul, however, it's far more complicated. Juul Labs is currently under heavy FDA scrutiny for its popularity of products among miners. Here's a quote. As you start to enforce generally, generally on the sale of these types of products to youth, oftentimes they are going to look for another seller or distributor point for the product, said Punderson. The challenge is that oftentimes they're going to platforms or places for this, and you have no idea what the origin of the product is. A lot of it is counterfeit, so they get something they believe is Jewel, only find out they have a counterfeit device or pod. So here's the deal Jewel is making these things called e cigarettes that the kids like. Jewel is getting every heat for making these things called e cigarettes that the kids like, so Jewel is doing a little bit and just a little bit to sort of curb that whole thing. In the meantime, because jewel pods are popular, people are making counterfeits. So kids are buying the ones that are counterfeit. Even if Juul is doing the best to keep their good stuff away, they're getting the fake stuff, and that's a problem. That's a problem. There are a lot of problems in that problem, but that is the problem essentially jewel is losing money because people are buying fakes jewel is losing uh some clout with its investigation with the feds because the kids are buying the fakes as they make the actual real ones harder to get to which means jewel is losing money because all the money is being made by the kids now buying the fakes but this was no fake this was the true absolute number one story for this week and while I did a whole bunch of reading, I couldn't have done it without you. You went through our website and our social media and let me know which stories were most important to you. Once again, if you want to be a part of the team, that means you get a chance to have your vote cast for this. It's simple. You can follow us on Instagram as well at this is the conversation. But that just posts the daily uh, wrap up of the, the, the five things that are going to tops at the moment on the, every single day. To get into the real deal, follow us on Facebook at This is a Conversation and at Twitter at TH underscore conversation and check in every so often at our website, com for great things that we're doing for you on there as well. Coming up in mere moments, we're going to talk about the story that didn't get the love from you guys that it may or may not have or should have, but we're going to talk about it anyway. It is the almost relevant story of this week, story number 205 for this week. This is this is the conversations weekly wrap up show, and it's with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, for the week ending February the 9th, two thousand and nineteen. Okay, let me be honest with you. Brevity was something that we were really shooting for. Iterations ago in doing the podcast because it was getting a bit long-winded. And now that I've decided to get long-winded again, brevity is something that we need to work on again. By we, I mean pretty much me. So to be brief, let me get to you really quick about Cloud9 Living because you've heard me do this spiel before. It's like branding. You know, every so often you see that logo and you know what it is. You know you should go get it. Cloud9 Living is perfect for our branding and for you. They've been making memories since 2005 offering up experiences like no other. Over 2,100 different experiences they have for your taste, your budget, your style, and in locations as near as you can get or as far as ways you want to go. And the coolest thing they have are buying the e-gift cards, which never lose value and never expire. You buy that card, you get full value for whenever you decide to check it out. Just that simple. Check out all the great experiences they have at their website, and check out via us for an extra deal. So if you use our link, you get an extra deal on your experiences. Go to this is the slash cloud nine. That's a numeral nine. This is the slash cloud nine for great deals, great experiences, and just enjoy yourself knowing that once you buy that gift certificate, once you get ready to send it to that person. It never loses value. They can, they can lose it. They can forget about it. It can come back later, and they can take that excursion whenever they're up to it. Or they can take it right now at some place near and dear to them from Cloud9Living. I think we're pretty clean for housekeeping this week. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing actually crazy happened this week. We didn't add anything. We didn't subtract anything. We thought for a moment about adding a bit to the Nicki Minaj and Cardi B action, but that was a separate story uh, because Nicki Minaj getting into her new beef with Tommy Lauren, we figured that was a different story than Cardi B and her initial beef and Nicki Minaj and Cardi B both, you know, having a beef. So we put the two beefs together, and or, or left it alone, should say. The one store we had on that one, we got that from the Blast, one of the um, hip hop websites. And we'll talk more about that coming up in the in in the also rans or in the rounding up the top fifteen. So that's coming up in the next segment. So right now, just want to remind you of the things we have going on at the website. This is the We are cleaning things out as best as possible. Had a site crash. so There's right now two competing sites going on. One of them is not being updated because of some issues. It's really buggy and whatnot. So we're working on the new one. Make sure you go to the this is the This is the to go to the correct site. We're killing the other site as soon as we pull a couple old pieces of furniture from over there and making sure things are working well. We're going to add back onto the current site, the new site, the going site, surveys. We're going to bring back, uh, in a sense, the um, Conversation Survey Panel, which was a panel where people could actually get paid for doing paid surveys. But we're going to do some just fun surveys to start to build that up. So if you want to get a chance to get paid for just having an opinion, it's very simple. This is going to be open to people in the continental United States and it's going to be paid via PayPal. So if you have a PayPal account and you live in the main 48 and you just want to spout your opinion off on different things, you will see that coming up very soon. And some of them will be just for fun. Some of them will be for paid. Some of them will be just for demographic things so we can kind of target things better for a, the survey panel and B, the website, making sure we're getting the right things to the right people. So look for that coming out as well. That's about all the housekeeping we have right now. Let us know what we can do to make the website and the whole experience better by going to thisconversation.com, leaving us messages there, or of course, the conversation inbox at gmail.com. Moving on to the almost irrelevant story this week. This story was story number 205. And unlike the last most weeks or the last couple of weeks, this was not one that was posted. Hours before we did the work today. Those stories apparently were big enough to overcome this one. This one was posted yesterday middle afternoon, to be honest. So that was a surprise. But what doesn't make the list doesn't make the list, and it does for reasons. Sometimes we can tell, sometimes we can't. Let's go ahead and just read the headline and give you a bit of the actual story. woman dies three months after prison release. Years of torture damaged her body. This is, like you said, we posted this on Thursday. From the Epoch Times, this is a story that's coming out of China. Before she succumbed to her injuries, Liu Zinfang filed a criminal complaint recounting her ordeal, a harrowing description of how the Chinese Communist regime destroyed her body, but could not break her faith over 20 years long. Liu a 60-year-old resident of Chong County, Henan Province, passed away on December 7, 2018, 3 months after her release from Henan Women's Prison, according to mingho.org, a US-based website that serves as a clearinghouse for the persecution of Falun Gong in China. Her body was emaciated and most of her internal organs had festered. In 2017, Liu had been sentenced to a 1.5-year prison term for practicing Falun Gong, a spiritual discipline which upholds the tenets of truth, compassion, and forbearance. Those who subscribe to the belief have been persecuted by the Chinese regime from 1999 to the present day. Liu, a hairdresser, began practicing Falun Gong in 1998 after hearing about its health benefits at the time where China's health reforms were outdated. Falun Gong, which translates to law-wheel practice, is a spiritual discipline with a set of meditation exercises and texts that preaches virtues of containing moral philosophies with Buddhist and Taoist elements and draws on China's long tradition of on Gong, Quing Gong, which I totally butchered, a regime of controlled breathing and gentle physical movements. So going deeper into the story, it's essentially more of China's crackdowns since forever but specifically since the communist regime came in on religions period we often hear and it's basically mostly from a my personal standpoint I could say because I am Christian we often hear about Christians being persecuted in many places especially places like China well this is a case of someone with a non-christian belief this is someone that it is it actually is a more Asian culture belief, if you will, the tenets of the old school things uh, being persecuted there as well. China has a hard time with freedom, as you may believe or know or maybe not believe and don't know. China has an issue with people who are given free will and free thought and chances to kind of go on their own. As long as you sort of play by the line, such as, you know, back in the Red Book days, things are fine. But anyone who wants to do something that's outside of the norm that allows them to think freely, eh, that's an issue. So apparently that was an issue for the Chinese government with this woman. And uh, it's um it's a pretty 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 hellacious, if you will. Uh, there is a reactment, a picture of an reactment of uh, someone being tortured by police in a detention center. So if you go to the website, this is a conversation dot com, click on this week's link for the 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 wrap up show, which of course is at this is com slash wrap-up twenty nineteen zero two zero nine. That's how that works out. You can click the link for this story and see exactly what it looks like, someone being tortured, as painful as it is, uh, in those realms. We're going to take a quick shift and uh, move away from this for a bit and prepare for shout-outs and, of course, rounding out the top 15. Stories not quite good enough to be in the tops, but good-ish. That's coming up in just a bit here on The Wrap-Up Show from This Is The Conversation. This is the show for the week ending February the 9th, 2019. As a part of the bigger initiative for more, better media, I've got more media. Hopefully it's better. That's sort of the point. But another podcast of mine to promote for you this week. And very quickly, we'll talk about it. It is a Simple Health Plus Fitness Minute, which comes from the Facebook page, Simple Health Plus Fitness, which you can find, oddly enough, at slash Simple Health Plus, spelled P L U S Fitness. It's a very simple website, very simple Facebook page, I'd say, where I offer up Simple advice for your health and fitness. Uh, It is basically geared around people who are getting a bit older, my age, you know, 40 plus, so late 30s and on, with simple things that you can do to improve your life, whether it is a true fitness thing or a general health thing. Now the big crown jewel of the moment is the new podcast which is the Simple Health Plus Fitness Minute. We're going to expand on that pretty soon, but right now it's living inside that Facebook page. So the best way to reach it is to go to the Facebook page, go to the Facebook and look for it there. If you're on Spreaker, that's where it lives. It also has a couple other places where it's live. It's on iTunes as well, but since there's a jillion different podcasts out there, it's so hard to pinpoint it. We don't have a website for the podcast itself. But the whole thing lives inside of Facebook at Simple Health Plus Fitness page, which, as we said, follow us, follow it, get to it by going to Facebook.com slash Simple Health, P-L-U-S Fitness, Facebook.com slash Simple Health Plus Fitness. And you listen to the Simple Health Plus Fitness Minute every week. It's a 60-second podcast that offers up a very quick, simple tip for health and fitness. That's how we get this. I'm not that creative. I just kind of say how it goes. So check it out, the Simple Health Plus Fitness Minute. You can find it at Facebook.com slash Simple Health Plus Fitness. Kicking off the shout-outs, we're going to start off with the Facebook page this week from Facebook.com slash this is the conversation. And this is becoming an old hat club, so we need some more diversity. Make sure that you're out there liking, loving, sharing, hating, and responding to these things so I can shout you out here. Names that popped up this week inside of Conversational Conversations. Rebecca Davis, Vicky Young, Derek Jones, Javuka Melvin, Adele Carnes, Jimmy Glover, Manuel Velaziano Sr. Totally butchered that, and Little Mama It's a Breadwinner. Popping in it again. Thank you so much for that. On the Twitter side, we love folks popping in there with responses and replies, and sometimes some heated arguments. I can take it. I'm a big boy. I got gotcha. you. Uh, some newcomers to include the TSP and podcast and, of course, uh, Suki Schaefer. Also, some responses a week from NRI Women Podcast, who thought it was really odd that somebody would turn a baby shark into a bong. That story didn't even make it. That's it's. How could that story not make it? Just the facts, AARP Goddess and Lee Ann also as well for your shout-outs. Let's wrap this thing up. Brevity, we're working towards brevity. Maybe not so great at working at it, but that's the plan. So, here's the deal. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B have a little bit of a mutual respect for just being just badass women rappers, and they get a little extra respect for both apparently hating Tommy Lauren. That was the eleven story this week, which we posted on February the 6th. That was Wednesday, by the way. Uh, so, that's... That's basically the gist of the story. The, the The fact that first Cardi B got into a rather brief Twitter thing with uh, Tommy Lauren, and then Nicki Minaj kind of jumped in. But instead of people saying that you know why the two you know having you know b- beef battles, you know whose beef is the best. They're kind of loving each other because they're both hating on Tommy Lauren. Now, my girl, Tommy Lauren, I'm going to call her my girl, even though I don't know what she's thinking half the time, is basically bringing on herself. But she she got to. you got to make a living. She's not on the main TV. She's on the website side of Fox stuff. So she's got to bring a little heat, and sometimes attacking a bit of the color will bring the heat for the folks who like the red meat on Fox. That's, that's just the way it goes. I can't hate her for trying to do her job. I could hate her for doing a bad job of being a bad journalist, but that's that's you know, that's neither here nor there. Tommy Lauren doing her best to get some play and is getting played by both Nikki and Cardi, and they personally are loving it. Now this is a sad story for the twelve here, and this is one that popped up literally out of nowhere that people are just kind of dealing with, and this goes to an overarching theme. That, unfortunately, keeps popping up here. It goes to suicide, but in a kind of a double-bounce manner. Here's the actual headline for number 12. Christoph St. John, young and restless star, found dead at 52. Monday, February the 4th is the day we posted this one. Uh, We don't have an actual um, update on this one. This one, we got the original from the um, TMZ. And from the updates that we had on that one on that day, essentially talking about what was going on, uh, Christoph uh, was essentially treated for depression last week. Uh, he checked himself in for some issues with depression and, of course, found dead on Monday. Now, this stems back from. A few years back, when his son died of suicide after dealing with some depressive issues, and people that know uh, Christopher St. John, people that worked with him, people friends, and said this was something that was really, really, really hard for him to deal with. Uh, the actual anniversary of his death was um, from 2017, was a few weeks ago, and he was essentially dealing with the pain and issue from that. Tragic incident. Uh, he was actually placed in a seventy-two hour hold for psychiatric evaluation last week because of what was happening, and apparently the overall struggle, overarching thing, just was too much for him to handle. As a person who actively deals with depression and dealt with some very very bad days, some not not too far back, it's uh, in pretty close memory, but. I understand where this comes. I cannot say I know the exact pain he was going through or his son was going through. but I understand where the pain comes from. And I can understand and empathize with you if you're out there listening this far in and have some of those feelings. The biggest thing to do about this is to find someone to talk to. And if you cannot find someone to talk to, here are some options. Call. And if you're in the States, call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It is 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. The last port spells out talk. So if you want to talk to someone, do that. You can also go to their website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Yes, it seems weird to go to a website in those cases, but there's someone there that can live chat with you. You can get some resources there as well. You can also go check them out on Twitter. They have Their Twitter handle is, oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough, the phone number at 800-273-TALK. That is, they call themselves The Lifeline there on Twitter if you're looking for a quick response. This is something that you can get out of no matter how deep and dark it feels there's there's a way out, and, and hopefully we can get you to there. And if you can't figure that out, email me, talk to me. We'll figure it out. We'll talk together because, trust me, I know what it's like to think no one is listening and to you seem like you're screaming out to the world and just get nothing back. So when you get something back, it's golden, and, and trust me, I understand that. So once again, SuicidePreventionLifeline.org. On Twitter, it is at eight hundred two seven three talk That's also the phone number to reach them as well, 800-273-8255. 24 hours a day, the phones are manned. 24 hours a day, somebody's updating, checking the website. Somebody's keeping an eye on the Twitter feed. If you need to talk to someone, they're there for you. Let's move on to the next story, which is also pretty much just a sad. Crash kills five children and injures two adults. Posted on Saturday the 2nd. Uh, This week, a few lines from the actual story that we had on this one. We'll just go ahead and read that so you get the gist of this. Once again, we go to USA Today. This happened in Bowie, Maryland. Maryland authorities say they're investigating a crash that killed five children who were ejected from a vehicle. Two adults were also injured. Maryland State Police Troopers say in a news release that the single vehicle crash happened before 5 a.m. Saturday on northbound Route 301 in Prince George's County. The troopers identified the dead children as eight-year-old London Dixon. 5-year-old Paris Dixon, both of Bowie, and 14-year-old Zion Beard, 6-year-old Rickett Ricks, and 15-year-old Dominique Harold, all of Washington, D.C. Police identified the driver as 32-year-old Dominique Taylor of Bowie. 23-year-old Cornell Simon of Oxford Hill is believed to have been the front seat passenger. Both were injured. The preliminary investigation showed the vehicle struck several trees and then spun into a snow-covered field. This is just a sad story that picked up on everyone's radar. We're just going to move on to the next one, which is a sad story that pulled into people's radar. But it's, it's for some reason people took a long time to to really pick up on this. The headline, which makes it a bit more funny, R. Kelly banned from city of Philadelphia. We get this from Vibe and we post it Saturday, February the 2nd. So R. Kelly is been banned from the city of Philadelphia, a quote from the city council. If you're a rapist or a child molester, you're not welcome in Philadelphia. I think that pretty much says it all. um, There's now a lot of backlash coming from R. Kelly and the documentary that just popped up in Lifetime, or docuseries if you want to be more specific in the, the theme of what it is, Surviving R. Kelly, and of course the years and years and years of rumors that apparently people have been joking about openly but have been more than rumors, been close to being really, really true. The fact that a man has been banned from a city is somewhat laughable, but that is the state of affairs we have with Mr. Robert Kelly at the moment. That was the 14th story. Now we're going to end this whole shebang with a story that may bring a tear to your heart or some joy to your anger. Or it's just a hard thing to explain. The story itself, not so hard, but the feelings on it, they could be complicated. El Paso Zoo will name a cockroach after your ex and feed it to their meerkats. Posted on Thursday, February the 7th, one week away from Valentine's Day, they want to make sure that you can show the love or the hate for your ex by feeding it to a meerkat. I pulled this off my local ABC News affiliate here in Little Rock, KATV Channel 7, but it's a national story, and they pulled it from a story, of they pulled it from a station station, In El Paso, obviously, because it's a local thing, but it's one of those things popped up. I'm going to read you a few lines from the story and just just go with that. Not only can you name a cockroach after your ex at the El Paso Zoo, but on Valentine's Day, the zoo will be feeding those cockroaches to the meerkats for their, quote, quit bugging me event at 2.15 p.m. February 14th. You can submit the name of yours and your friend's ex by sending a direct message to the El Paso Zoo Facebook page. By February 10th on Valentine's Day, zoo staff will decorate the meerkat exhibit with the submitted names. And shortly at, after, in honor of those names, the meerkats will be fed cockroaches. Quote, this is a fun way to get the community involved in daily enrichment activities, said El Paso Zoo event coordinator Sarah Borengo. The meerkats love to get cockroaches as a snack. And what a better way to celebrate Valentine's Day by feeding them a cockroach named after your ex. That ends the quote. The public is invited to attend the Quit Bugging Me event. The zoo will also show the event on Facebook Live and the Meerkat webcam available on the zoo's website, which is, of course, elpasozoo.org. So if you can't make it to El Paso for the big event next week, well, you can make it to El Paso via the magic of the Internet. And that same magic brought us all those stories we talked about today. Actually, 17. We snuck in another one. How did I do that? But the top 10 stories plus the rounding out top 15 and the almost relevant story of the week, which we get from you. Well, actually, I give them out in doses throughout the week, and you tell me which ones they actually fall in line with. It's very simple. Follow us on the Facebook. This is the conversation. Follow us on the Twitter, TH underscore conversation. You can also follow us at Instagram with This Is The Conversation. And, of course, stop by our main website for all this madness, ThisIsTheConversation.com. When you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as you see the posts pop up in your feed throughout the day, like, love, share, hate, respond, do all the engagement that you think the story warrants and the stories that warrant the more engagement pop up in this headline or in the fact of the almost relevant, the least engagement. But That's just sort of a thing of a thing. You can email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. You can also check out other things I have going on at jclevenpain.net or email me, which is just like emailing the us, at jclevenpain at gmail.com. Of course, we need you to like, love, and, of course, spread the word about these things here, all our social media feeds and our website. And, you know, tell us, tell the world, tell a friend, Tell a few enemies, tell random strangers exactly what you get out of this thing. In fact, we implore you just to walk up to random people in the street, grab their phone, subscribe to the podcast, and hand them back to them. They will always thank you. We Promise me. they'll I promise you. They always thank you for doing that for them. And while you're at it, make sure you, too, are subscribed using whatever your favorite pod catcher to catch the pod because... We is all over the place. If you can't find us, find us at thisistheconversation.com and find links to wherever it is we'll probably have for you to get. Seven more days, and we'll tell you how things are going next week with all the stories that you tell us are the tops. The tops. It's that simple. It's a global conversation with you, brought to you by thisistheconversation.com. And once again, my name is Jake Lutheran Payne, proud to bring you this web web thing, this podcast, the wrap up show every single week from this is a